Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Hey, party people, I am so excited to be back at it with you this week, and I am bringing a review that made my day. If you're a go-getter, this podcast is for you. Darcy writes, the conversations between Kelsey and her guest make me want to get up, get to work, and make things happen. Great content and infectious personality keep me happy. I'm a subscriber. Y'all, I love hearing from you, and Darcy, you just made my day. So if you want to continue to make my day, my Radiant Tribe, please head on over to the podcast app that you are currently listening in and leave a review. It'll take you 30 seconds, and not only does it give me feedback for what you love about the Radiant Podcast, it helps us get discovered by new listeners. You know this feel. You hear me say it every week, but it really does matter. We want more people invited to the Radiant Party so that we can empower more women to step into their dreams. And it is through inspiring interviews with our amazing guests that we are able to do that. So please head on over and leave a review and make my day. Also, if you love this episode, please screenshot it and tag myself and the guest in the stories on Instagram. I'm Kels Chapman. Find our guest. It'll be linked up in this episode. And I love seeing who's listening and being able to interact with you and find you on Instagram. And then I'll screenshot your post and share it on my story as well. So I've got two little bits of homework for you. I am so thankful for you guys as listeners and your ability to help me spread the word. Hey guys, today I am so excited to have my friend Michaela joining us on the Radiant Podcast. Michaela is a strategic web designer by day, beachside always. She is originally from Cape Town, South Africa, and now lives in a seaside town in Brazil with her handsome husband and pups. She's been working with entrepreneurs for eight years and specializes in creating great client experiences that transform clients into ambassadors for your brand. She believes your business should give you life instead of taking from it. Having a website that turns visitors into followers, prospects into clients, and clients into ambassadors can help you do just that. You are going to absolutely love our conversation. It is jam-packed with wisdom, and she is the mastermind behind my website. This girl has a gift at capturing people's essence, and I know that you are going to glean so much wisdom from this conversation that really helps you to tell your brand story through design. And we're going to talk about how to deliver a great client experience as well, because she has helped me with that and helps so many entrepreneurs deliver ballin customer service. So I can't wait for you guys to hear this conversation. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hey, Michaela. Hi, how you doing? Great. I'm so excited to have you with me today. Um, I have absolutely loved working with you and you have just changed my life. You, your ability to capture someone's essence is unmatched. And so I'm so thrilled to have you here. I would love for you to start by telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do and your story. Well, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited. And you do know how to make a girl blush. (laughs) It was was so awesome working with you too. So, but um, yeah, so to answer your question, so I am the owner of Beachside Studio. It's a web design studio that creates client grabbing websites for coaches and service providers. 
So um, we ensure that your website doesn't drop the ball. So a lot of my clients come to me and they are blogging and they're on social media and they're getting featured on these amazing websites. And so they're driving all this traffic to the website, but it's not turning into any leads or any email signups or anything like that. Or on the other hand, a lot of people come to me and they are so embarrassed about their website that they don't even want to put the website on their business card, you know, kind of like, here's my business card, but please don't go look at my website. It's so bad. Um, so then what uh, me and my team do, we make sure that you don't just get a pretty website, but one that really gets your ideal client to take action on your website, whether that is, you know, contacting you for a consultation call or signing up to your newsletter or whatever um, you need your ideal client to do. I mean, seriously, you and your team are so incredible at capturing someone's essence. I think I cried the first time we did a walkthrough of my website. Can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, something you've coined as website shame? Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what you mean by that? Because you're right. So many people are embarrassed of their digital home and you're so good at helping them to to really clean it up and make it an expression of who they are and what their business offers. Yeah, so by website website shame, I mean um, a lot of people come to me and then they feel like their value is not really getting um, communicated well enough on their website. Um, they feel like they can offer so much to their ideal client and it's just not at all getting communicated. Um, it could be also that it's just really clunky. They may be using a theme and the theme, they've outgrown it. It's not working for them anymore. Or there is, if they're on WordPress, a lot of plugins are perhaps, you know, kind of working against each other and things are broken. So, you know, just in general, a website that doesn't work and um, that doesn't actually create a great experience for the visitor when they hop onto the website and navigate through it. So... Did you always set out to design websites? Has this always been your background? Can you kind of tell us how you kind of even dove into this? Okay, so it's a little bit of a long story. Um, I went after school, I went and studied um, at an advertising college. So it, it's quite a small college, but it specializes in advertising. So uh, we worked with copywriters and marketers, and then I studied the design um, course that you could take there so it was really great in the sense that you really get that um, agency feeling while you're studying so then once you finish studying most of us um, would then go on and work at an agency at a big advertising agency uh, in my case I did an internship and I absolutely hated it like <laughs> I was just like no thanks like this is not for me and um, I especially remember the one project that I had to work on during my internship and it just went against my morals like completely against my morals and then I realized if I carry on working in this situation then I'm gonna have to do projects that I don't agree with at all so um I, at that same time, I was also doing freelance work, even though while I was studying, um, with the idea that when I do go and apply for jobs at agencies, that I also have real life um, projects in my portfolio and not just, you know, student work. So, but then I enjoyed the freelance work so much. So I had this idea, oh, maybe I could, you know, start my own business, you know, start my own agency. Uh, but I figured I first need to get um, some experience first and, and work for an agency, you know, kind of to learn uh, the ropes. But anyway, so then after the 
horrible internship, um, I was down in the dumps and I, I thought maybe, even maybe I even studied the wrong thing. So then my mom suggested that I um, get become a scuba dive instructor. At that time, I was already a, already a scuba diver. So I, I traded my design work for the scuba diving school to get my instructor's um, qualification with them. And I ended up in the Bahamas working as a scuba dive instructor. Um, and then I met my husband and we fell in love and I followed him to Brazil. Uh, and then when I got here in Brazil, I couldn't um, speak the language well enough. I couldn't speak Portuguese well enough. So I couldn't actually get a job at an agency or anything like that in Brazil. So I turned on to someone mentioned, it's now called Upwork, but back then it was called Elon's. So yeah. some so someone mentioned that website, so I kind of checked it out, and then I realized there's this whole online world, and I can actually work virtually and work for people, and then that's how I started my business. I just started getting clients on um, Elon's, now Upwork, and then grew from there. Yeah. That is exactly how I got started as well, on Upwork. And so um, what would your advice be to someone who is just starting out? Because I think people look at the online world and say, how do I break in? Like, how do I get a client? I don't even know. How did you do that? Okay, so, um, well, Elance made it quite easy, um, or Upwork made it quite easy, because there was already a lot of people, there's a lot of people there already looking, um, you know, they're posting jobs, so they're looking to employ people. Uh, but what I did on Upwork is that uh, I did some research and I looked at what made me different from all the other people that are offering the exact same service than me. And I also looked back then, you could actually see um, the reviews and the negative and positive reviews. So then I actually just went through and read all the reviews and you could also see the cover letters. Um, and the, for those who don't know, the cover letter is when you apply for a job, you have to write a little letter to the person so you know back then you could actually see it so then I could really pick up where people are falling short you know how they're not really selling themselves well enough because I have that marketing background you know so I did the research I figured out how I could make myself stand out from everybody else and then I started applying for jobs and and even though that's maybe the platform that I use but you can really apply that marketing ideas on um on anything else but today what I would highly recommend is just jumping on Facebook groups and and start chatting to people there and really giving people value you know not try and sell yourself the whole time you know just genuinely connect with people and get them on the phone and start talking to them and, and see if you can help them a little bit and then tell them okay well I can help you with this now but if you want me to help you with the big picture then why don't we work together you know kind of thing so that's what I would suggest for people who are starting out. I agree. So one thing that I like to say is connectedness drives sales. Have you mm. seen that to be your experience? Oh, completely. Oh, yeah. I, I actually think, you know, obviously you need to do market, marketing. You're going to use marketing tactics to get people on the phone with you. But once you get them on the phone, that really sells it. Um, you know, creating that connection with them, uh, you know, speaking to them. I think at the end of the day, there are many talented people out there, but all the people that I hire is because I have a personal connection with them above that I know that they have the skills and the talent that I need um, for the job. But, you know, that's one of the biggest reasons why I would hire someone above someone else. Yeah, I mean, honestly, for those of you listening, I hired Michaela because 
she answered some questions in a Facebook group and I liked her vibe. I liked her essence. It felt like she wasn't selling herself. She was just being helpful and generous. And I was immediately attracted to the way she was interacting with the group. I got on and looked at her creations and her content. I was like, okay, this is my kind of girl. We hopped on a call that sealed the deal. So for me, as a consumer, that connectedness has worked. And then as someone who is selling a service, it has also worked on the flip Mm. side. So I am a big believer. So what do you see being a number one problem creative entrepreneurs are struggling with in their business when it comes to design? Because I know that not only do you really bring to life their vision on on the web, but you also do a ton of like interviewing and picking their brain and capturing their pain points before you ever bring the design to life. So what do you see being a huge factor in this? Okay, so I think the biggest mistake people make when it comes to design, especially websites, is that they design the website for themselves and not for the ideal client. Um, so it's very it's important to obviously show your value and, and your personality through the website, but it's more important to really show your ideal client that you truly understand them and you truly understand what their problem is um, and then how you can help them solve that problem, you know, and show them what their life could look like if they do work with you. So, and I think, you know, so everybody always focuses about what can I offer? You know, how do I do this? And those technical details. And they don't really focus on the actual client and, and what their problem is. So that's, you know, that's the biggest mistake I see. And, you know, just digging down and getting to know your ideal clients really, really well um, will help you overcome that. Yeah. What have you seen some success stories? I mean, I love even your client results page on your website, but what have some success stories been as you have really helped people rebrand and redesign and, you know, take the off the service they're already offering and actually just, you know, tell a visual story in a more compelling way? Yeah. So I think uh, my biggest success story is is also the one that's on my site is um, my client, Jessica Hunt. She's a amazingly talented photographer she's a wedding photographer but she's a high-end wedding photographer and when I started working with her you know she had this amazing talent to take these beautiful pictures but she just wasn't getting the clients that she wanted to get like at all you know she was getting all these budget brides and she really wanted to work with that high-end clientele in the wedding industry so then through design and messaging um, we created a new website for her that really supported her value that really showcased um, put her photos up first because that's obviously the product that she's selling is her skills to take beautiful photos Um, and you know just really communicating her value and that was super successful. She used to be, she used to book 10 clients a year. And I think now she's booking 25 clients a year. She doubled her price, uh, you know, quite shortly after we launched her website and is booking clients no problem at the higher price. You know, uh, people are booking with her without even talking to her. So it's, it's quite amazing the results that we got. Um, just with the redesign. That's incredible. I mean, and for me, I'll personally say, since we redid our website in November, I have had so many more inquiries alone. Like, I think I've had 150 inquiries since. Oh, wow. I literally redid my website four months ago. I never had inquiries before that. So it's just pretty incredible to be able to 
not it's not that I just put up a better contact form. It's that my whole whole website did the heavy lifting and capturing the essence of who I am and um, telling that story to the world. So that is all because of you. But tell us a little bit about how you do capture someone's essence because it is a gift. I don't think every web designer does this quite the way you do it, but you really love people. So how do you capture their essence? Oh, that's quite difficult to explain. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say um, I, I really try and put myself in your shoes. Like I really uh, try and empathize with you as much as I can. Uh, it's kind of like an actor, you know, when they have to get into the role of the character, I try and do the same thing. Um, so I get to kind of get into my client's head and, you know, all that upfront work that we did together, all the brainstorming and the calls and the questions that I ask you, you know, that all helps me to really get to know you so well that I feel like um, you're my best friend and, you know, that I know everything about you. And then also getting to know the ideal client, um, your ideal client really, really well. So I guess if that answers your question, <laughs> I guess that's how I do it. Yeah, you are so excellent at that. And I have just loved, loved observing you. You know, my husband is in design as well. And obviously he does not do my own stuff. You do. Uh, he is in school, so he has no time for me. Plus, you know, we should keep that separate. Um, but I tell him all the time, you've got to see Michaela's client experience because I think the human connectedness is really what sets you apart. And it's taught me a lot in how I do business and how I connect with people because it's been so special as a consumer that it made me want to offer that to my audience um, as someone offering services. So what would your advice be to people who are listening um, who have a, we, everyone has a, an array of things they are offering the world, whether it's, you know, a product or services or content that people are consuming. What would you have to say in creating an amazing customer client experience? Because I think that is a huge, um, when people create a better client experience, it really moves the needle in their business and it amps up referrals. Yeah, so, so, yeah, that's kind of tough to answer because it really does depend on what you offer. Um, if you are in the service industry, what I would suggest is to really lead the client um, through the steps because a lot of clients would come to you and they've never worked with someone in your industry before. Maybe they have, but have a bad experience. You know, that's why they're looking for you. Um, or maybe, you know, they just are completely new to it. So really becoming that leader and really leading them through step by step um, you know, always having their back, like, don't worry about this now, you know, I'll tell you when the time is right, when we need to do this and that kind of thing. And then also with service-based people, um, just having that process sorted out, you know, and, and, and try and automate as much as you can so that you so that it helps you so you don't have to worry about stuff and you just need to switch on when you need to switch it on and then it automatically things happen. Yeah. Um, and then that, that also really helps you not to drop the ball because, I mean, it's, it gets hectic, you know, if you have a bunch of clients and you need to think about everybody, you need to make sure that everybody's happy and, and you, you, you're getting everybody through your process. Um, so, yeah, so what I would suggest is write down step by step what is your process and then try and see how much of that you can automate um, to help you and save your time. And also delegate, you know, you can also get people to actually help you with your process. 
which is what I'm busy doing now. I'm busy building my team to be able to delegate things more. Um, and then for more product-based things, I would just make sure that the website really, because that's more, you can automate that a lot more because people come onto your website, they purchase, um, and then the delivery and all that. I think the only thing you need to worry about is the shipping. So again, just making sure that, that you kind of walk through that whole process yourself and, and see what it is like to actually be your client and then think, oh, actually, I would have liked to have another message here about the shipping, you know, or... Um, it would have been nice to know that um, that I get a 10% discount if I want to come back afterwards or something like that. You know, whatever that might be, you know, just walking yourself through the whole process and, and making sure that everything works 100% and smooth. Absolutely. You are so good at that and it's really been fascinating to observe. Um, and as someone who is always striving to offer better um, customer service to my clients because it really it really makes a difference especially when you're in a business that works off of referrals. Um, yes. How have you shifting gears a little bit? How have you built built connectedness with peers um, in the online space because it can be lonely. So many of us are operating you know out of a home office or not even having a home office but maybe just like working at their kitchen table and we so often feel alone. How have you built connectedness with people just on a peer level? Okay, well, I firstly want to say, yeah, that is so important. Like when I started doing that and just, you know, connecting connection, uh, making connections with peers, it really did change things for me quite a bit. You know, you, you really don't feel as lonely. And, and you also have like a support group, you know, for people to refer to when your clients need their specific skills. So yeah. that's really awesome. But it basically the same way, like I would... Um, you know, I'm in quite a couple of um, paid groups, so, you know, or Facebook groups, and I would just meet people there chatting to them. And then I'll be like, hey, do you want to meet for a virtual coffee? Let's hang out. Uh, it seems like we got a lot of stuff in common. And then we just hang out and coffee and have a chat and just, you know, like you would meet a new friend or something like that. And and then from there, you, sometimes we would arrange. I've got this one, Alyssa. She's amazing. And we actually meet now every second week just to talk about business and support each other. So, you know, you kind of just build those connections um, through just putting up your hand and go like, hey, I want to meet you. I love it. I, 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 too, have made some incredible online biz besties through groups. I met you through a group. I have met quite a few friends through online programs and just that friendship and that peer companionship of people who kind of get what you do, even if they're offering something very different, um, is so valuable. So often, you know, I'm sure our listeners can relate, but you have family dinner with your parents or you're around the table with your friends and they really cannot even tell someone else what you do yes. <laughs> they, they're like I don't know somehow she has a roof over her head I don't really know how she pays her bills um it's so it's such a foreign concept to so many people that it is actually like very uplifting to have peers in this online space that understand what you do yeah Totally. And I can't wait for the day that I can actually fly around the world and, and meet everybody in person. I think that would be Hey, I can't wait amazing. to come to Brazil. Oh, please um, do. <laughs> so what has been um, something, some valuable advice for you as you have started your own business? Do you have a mentor? Have you, what has been a guiding principle in your journey running an online business or just running a business in general? Yeah, I think a lot has got to do with mindset. 
um, and believing in yourself and, and you know self confidence. And I've I've had mentors um, actually quite a few, and I have got a new one right now, um, and that really does help. Just having that person that that has got your back um, and is you know encouraging you and and building your confidence because a lot of times, you know. You, you know, you know, you offer value to your clients, but then sometimes you doubt yourself and, oh, can I really do this? And just having that mentor, just having that person that just cheers you on. And, and also, even if you don't have a mentor, just your, like we were just saying, your business buddies, um, even just having them and, you know, cheering you on from the sidelines, that really, really, really does help a lot. Oh my gosh, it helps tremendously. I totally agree. And just having people champion you, it has been such an incredible journey. So what is your ideal week like? Because one thing I'm exploring now is, you know, batching and content. One thing we talked about was I saw your amazing, you know, calendar tabs. What would your advice be um, for someone who is trying to organize their business in the sense of, you know, I think, I think the idea of getting into business is that we'll always do the parts we love, but really about 50% of it is also just like the tedious stuff. So how do you organize your work week in a way that's productive and helpful and keeps you, you know, with your head above water? Yeah. So I think, um, for me personally, I work really well in the mornings. I'm a mornings person, Uh, you know, after three o'clock in the afternoon, my brain is dead. Like I'm like, (laughs) I'd rather just go to the beach and enjoy the beach after three. Uh, you know, pushing it to four, but normally it's three. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I, I wake up very early. I'm a morning person. So I wake up five in the morning, um, go for a walk, do some exercise, have breakfast. And then I actually start my day at seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, and then I work until lunchtime. And then after lunch, I schedule all my phone calls with my clients uh, because I already know that I'm not going to have that high concentration that I need when I'm uh, busy working. Um, but I'm, my brain will still be fresh enough <laughs> to strategize and brainstorm with clients. So then I kind of just leave all the phone calls for the afternoon. Um, and then also another thing that I try and do is I try and book out uh, at least Monday, if not Monday and Friday, to work on my actual business. So I only work on client work from Tuesday to Thursday. And I only have client calls from Tuesday to Thursdays. And then f- Mondays and Fridays is... Um, the time I spend on my actual business and growing my business. So that would, could look like, you know, writing any content that I need to write for my business, um, doing admin stuff like bookkeeping or anything like that um, that I need to get done. Yeah, so that's pretty much what my weeks look like. Um, but what I've learned is you really need to figure out what works best for you and when are you the most productive and then kind of build um, your week around that. Absolutely. I have been totally reformatting my schedule for the same reason of, you know, what are my best times of working? I too don't schedule any calls till after lunch because I either like for my mornings to be slow paced and no demands made of me, or I like to crank it out in the morning when no one's going to be talking to me. (laughs) And so, and then I'm, I can turn on for the calls in the latter part of the afternoon. So I have, I have formatted my, um, schedule similarly. What have been some valuable tools for you in your journey running a business? Any books, podcasts, you name it. What has been helpful for you? Okay, so I've just read an amazing book. Um, it's called, wait, let me just get my Kindle. 
It's called um, Build to Sell. Awesome. And, and, and this is a great book for service providers. It's all about creating a service-based business that you can actually sell, <laughs> um, you know, a couple of years down the line. Uh, so that, that has really opened my eyes of how I can create a team around, you know, my, in my business. I love it. Yeah. Um, I have two questions that I'm going to ask you both before I forget them and then we'll, we'll tackle them each. How have you moved into hiring a team? Because I think a lot of us start out on our own and then we get so overwhelmed and then we think, can I afford to hire someone? I don't know if I can yet. How do we do that? And then, um, and, and, you know, for me there, my answer has been, you know, okay, even if I hire someone and I break even on what I hire them for, for a while, eventually it will make more money because I'm expanding my abilities to work. Um, and then B, one, an, a concept I've been exploring lately in an industry that tells us to do all the things all the time is, you know, allowing it to come to you versus going after it. Um, a lot of my clients end up in my inbox. I don't strive to go find them. Um, I do make connections and I do do my due diligence of building relationships, but I'm not like constantly cold calling or selling people. And I had a friend say, masculine energy says, go get it. Feminine energy says, let it come to me. I think in the faith space, it would be like striving versus like resting, but whatever you want to call it, I would love for you to kind of touch on your experience with those concepts. So first, delegating hiring a team how has that helped you second masculine versus feminine energy i'm sorry i drenched you with a fire hose um no that's fine um yeah so hiring a team i'm quite new at it so i'm still kind of trying to figure it out and figure out what's the best way to go uh but right what i've done right away is i've hired a, a designer to help me with the logos um for my client's logos um I can do it myself, but she's better at it with me. So I hired someone who's actually better at me. And um, so she just does that. So every time, but it's project to project to project base. So every time I get a project, then I hire her, uh, I outsource it to her to create the logo. So that's what I've been doing right now. Um, what I'm wanting to do and what I'm moving in towards now is um, actually hiring someone who is then, you know, on my you know pay schedule so every month I pay them x amount of money and they help me run stuff like doing design work for my clients um, I'm thinking of hiring a copywriter to help me with the copywriting uh, for the websites and also a developer to help me with developing the websites um, so that will look completely different um, and that's the part I'm still trying to figure out but before I can do that what I'm doing is I'm building a, a marketing funnel which touches on your second um, question. And that is that I'm putting together a funnel that I just need to drive traffic to. So whether that's organic traffic or paid traffic, and then people will go through the funnel and they will self-qualify themselves whether, whether they are the right people to work with me or not. And then they apply to get onto a phone call with me um, where I then, you know, you chat about, just basically chat. By that time, we're just talking about details um, and to sign them on. So that takes a lot of pressure off you from the hustling point of view because then you don't have to be constantly uh, making connections and groups and stuff, although you can do that to, to generate the, the traffic to, to go through that funnel. Um, and I'm doing all this. I'm actually joined a program called Clients on Demand. Um, so I'm learning all of that from them. Uh, so I highly recommend checking them out. They have a free webinar that explains the whole, um, the whole thing. 
So yeah, they yeah they are amazing. Um, so that's what I'm busy building with them at the moment. I'm busy building that marketing funnel uh, where before, if you're just starting out, is where what we were talking about earlier is just creating those connections um, and then from there getting onto the phone with people and then booking them in. So that's kind of going out to get them in a, in a way because you, you're going to you chatting with them in the, in the groups. Uh, but it's not as much as um, cold calling or anything like that. It's a little bit different. Um, yeah, so if that answers your question. Totally. I Touching on the first question, have you found, and um, I, I'll answer too, but have you found that, you know, when you do finally outsource, yeah, it's a risk at first when you are running a business and you're, everything's dependent on you and if you outsource it, are you still going to have enough to pay both of you? Um, you know, have you found that it has always paid off to invest? Yes, totally. Um, it, it, it's, if anything, just my time. Um, yeah. some, sometimes, um, well, I always make sure that I get at least a little bit of extra for, you know, sending clients her way. But, um, and, and she works through me. So, you know, she sends me the work and then I add my two cents before I actually send it off to the client um but it saves me so much time just not having to worry about it and it allows me to actually take on more clients because now someone else is dealing with a part of the project that I don't actually need to worry about and she's doing a better job because she's better at it than me you know I think that's also a key component is when you are outsourcing or when you are hiring is actually finding someone who is better at the job than you because then you can provide way more better value for your clients I'm good at what I am at which is website design but I'm I'm okay with logo design but she's way better than that than me so I would rather have my clients have the best logo they can possibly have and then the best website so you know yeah so that's really have paid off from a financial point of view, from a time point of view, and, and and offering more value to my clients. I absolutely agree. You know, this year I brought on, and I had like really, I had prayed about it, thought about it, because I have actually worked for people as a contractor in the past, um, as a virtual assistant when I first got started, and I know what it's like to be hired and not be able to count on your hours. So by the time I did, I was ready to hire someone in my business, I was like, okay, they are going Going to know what they can count on from me. Even if I tell them, you can count on five hours a week from me. Okay, now, now moving forward, you can count on seven. Now you can count on 10 because I do understand what it's like to, you know, commit to someone and then they decide they can't pay you. Mm. <laughs> um, I've been there. And so I really was very like referent of hiring someone of like, this is my duty to steward well. Uh, but when I did finally make that leap, um, even if I'm, you know, just breaking even on some things, but it allows me to focus on bigger money-making things in, in other areas of my business, then yeah, it's absolutely worth it because it doesn't ultimately break even. Um, and it's just been so valuable to just ask for help and to have help and to get past the fear of not having enough. That's a mindset thing, which we all go through. Mm, yeah, totally. And then, so I, I love the idea of building this funnel that they self-qualify. I think that is letting it come. I mean, yes, you are initially doing the work on the front end. And I think we all have to do that part. But 
setting up systems to let them qualify themselves for you is incredible. I'm definitely going to link up that program in the show notes and um, check it out myself because that sounds like my kind of thing. Totally. And it's also, they also show you how to do it automatically. So in other words, whenever you need clients, you just push um, traffic through the funnel. (gasps) I love it. And then it pops up clients at the end. (laughs) Yeah, I absolutely love the clients on demand concept and really creating a funnel for people to come through and decide whether your services are a fit for them or not. One thing I like to talk about that I think is a concept we all have to address, but it's uncomfortable at the beginning because we don't want to repel anyone. But even in your funnel, it sounds like you have to do this in allowing them to qualify themselves, whether you're a fit or not. So what do you have to say about the value in attracting and repelling clients? Because I think at first we want all the clients. And then we get to a place in our business where we're like, actually, I don't want all the clients. I've worked with enough of the wrong clients to decide I want to repel them to begin with. So it's it's very important to have a, a list of standards, like what kind of people that you actually truly want to work with. And I find that if you don't work with that, then it always ends up bad. Like I've worked with clients that I had a gut feeling from the beginning, this is not the right client for me, but then I just kind of did it because maybe I needed the money or I was worried that my, um, my schedule is not going to be booked up or whatever the case might be. And then it always ends up, up badly. Like you can never um, please that kind of clients because they're not the right clients. So you never be able to actually offer your true value to them uh, and give them the real results that, that they want just because they are not the right client. It's not suited for what you have to offer. So, you know, and then it also always ends up with refunds and it ends up with um, people getting upset and, 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 you know, asking for a refund or whatever the case might be. So, yeah, so just I think it's very important to stick to your standards and stick to what kind of clients you really want to work with. Um, And then, yeah, so, yeah. I think that, I mean, no, absolutely. I I think every service-based business, especially, learns this one the hard way Uh, because we do want to take all the clients at first. Like when we're getting started, we're eager, we're like, yes. And then when we get to a place in our business where we're like, okay, we're making enough money to pay the bills, you start to get a little pickier because when people are the wrong client, they, it's no longer life-giving. You know, you got into this business because it is life-giving. You're offering a service that gives you life. But when the wrong person comes along, for whatever reason, whatever qualifiers you have there, um, and doesn't value what you're releasing into the world, when you do have plenty of other clients who do, um, you start to say, hey, okay, I'm going to set up some boundaries here to repel the wrong client of client. Yeah. And I think I think it's just an important conversation because that that concept at first as a new entrepreneur is hard to swallow, but over time you realize the the importance of it. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think also you just have to trust that other clients are gonna come along and the right clients are gonna come along. If your messaging is right, then you know you just have to trust that. Because I mean, many times I've freaked out and I've booked people and knowing that they're the wrong client. And then just a week later, the right client comes along and then I'm fully booked and I can't work yeah. with them. Also, just trusting yourself that, yeah. Oh, you, I mean, what you just said is yes, all the way through. So can you tell me, um, 
how you have overcome a scarcity mindset and really moved into an abundance mindset because I find that to be absolutely true in the sense of every time I start to freak out, but like it's abundance is right around the corner. Um, and I've started to trust that, but you know, it is scary in the first few years and you don't want it. You don't, it is easy to buy into scarcity. Oh, totally. Um, I think the biggest thing that I did was I started ignoring everybody around me, <laughs> like ignoring my competitors and stop looking at them. Uh, I just focus on myself and my business and I focused on my clients and how can I improve my skills to even give more value to my clients and that alone has helped me you know not to get freaked out about whether when I'm booking clients or not it still does happen sometimes <laughs> you know you still have your moments where you're like oh sure but I need to book people for April or whatever the case might be um, and then it just comes to, you know, trusting yourself and knowing, like, don't worry, you know, you always book people, so you just have to trust yourself. And then also just having those cheerleaders. My husband is a huge cheerleader. He always, um, you know, encourages me quite a lot when I get to those moments when I'm, you know, a little bit freaked out. Me too. I, um, I am thankful to have a husband that is even more of an optimist than I am. I mean, I'm an, I'm an eternal optimist, but he's more like, life is good. It's fine. I lived off Cheerios in college. It'll be fine. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I am thankful for that. But I also understand from the side of, you know, it, my husband is in school, so I am the breadwinner. And I, I understand for the listener who's like, hey, I don't have like a cushy situation. I have to make money. And it's like, hey, me too. I get it. But there still is room for you to work through a scarcity mindset mm. and step into a mindset of, an, of abundance, even if all the pressure is on your shoulders. Yeah, no, totally. And I think, I mean, it's so important to have the mindset of either I can work with someone really bad that it's just going to end up badly or I can wait another week and and try and get someone better and maybe refine my messaging so that it does um, attract the right people or refine things in my business so I do get the right clients um, you know because then at the end of the day it's much I would much rather work with a client that values me than a client that doesn't oh yeah so for your listeners who are maybe in the middle of a redesign or need help with their website, um, what be, would be some top tips you could, could give them and how can they work with you? Because I think we have a lot of creative entrepreneurs who listen each and every week and my journey working with you has been so impactful for my career and my personal life. I am the person who redesigned their website every other week because I am somewhat capable of design, but it got to a place where it was no longer serving me to do that. Um, I needed to finally uh, ask for some help and I have never redesigned my website since. Um, how, what are some tips you could give to someone who is listening that's just generic? Um, uh, because obviously I understand you don't know what each and every single person does and then how can they work with you what what do you have coming up okay yeah so my advice would be um, it depends on your budget where you're at Uh, if you are just starting out then I wouldn't spend a lot of money on the website it's more important actually getting clients to the gate 
and figuring out the foundational things um, of your business. Like what are you offering? What does your offers look like? How, how much are you going to charge for it? Um, what kind of people do I like working with? Who don't, don't I like working with? So people in that stage, I would definitely recommend hopping onto Squarespace. Um, it's really easy to create a good looking website um, very quickly and just do it yourself. That's what I would recommend. Uh, and then when you get to the point where now I'm actually making really good money with my business, this is working out, um, I know who I wanna work with, I know what my offerings are, then I would invest in a website designer, um, you know, who can really take your business to the next level and help you refine that messaging on your website that, and help you attract, like we were saying earlier, the right clients, you know. Um, the clients who you really, really want to work with. And then at that point, the first step would then be to sit and think about your ideal client and what is their, what does their life look like before they work with you? Like, but really get into their shoes and really empathize with them and really write down the way their life looks like before they work with you and then writing down the result that you give to them. You know, what does their life look like after they've worked with you? Because that's the key of the message. You kind of want to show them you know, what their life looks like now and what it could look like. And they, that's why they need you. So that's, um, especially when it comes to the service-based industry. Um, yeah, so those, that's um, what I would recommend for, you know, the, the two different groups uh, where people fall in. And then if they want, if you guys want to work with me, uh, you can hop over to beachside.studio. And you can book a free website strategy session with me. Um, you'll see there's a big button uh, on my at the top of my website. You can click on that. And then what we'll do is we'll have a chat and we'll talk about your website. Um, you know, where is your website dropping the ball? Um, you know, how, where are you leaving money on the table? And how we can fix that. Yeah, so that's what I can offer. Awesome. Well, I can be a, a testament to working with Michaela, and I am so thankful that you have shared so much wisdom today. Um, I know our listeners are going to love keeping up with you and following along with you and even some of them potentially working with you. So thank you for joining me and thank you for being a part of my life and my business. Thank you so much. It's so awesome to be here. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. As a pro, the last thing you need is to run out of what you need. And time spent waiting on supply runs is money right out of your pocket. The good news is the Home Depot can deliver straight to the job site. That keeps your crews on the job, not the road. And that saves you money, putting time back in your day and savings back where they belong. Delivery options, big, small, right to the job site. Whenever you say, visit homedepot.com delivery. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It's not every day you have to replace a water heater, more like every 10 years. The Home Depot can help with a wide selection of the latest models from Rheem and a helpful online water heater buying guide to help make choosing the right Rheem easy. From gas to electric, tankless, even smart models that can spot a leak before it happens. Water heaters have come a long way. You don't have to. 
Go to homedepot.com to find the latest Rheem water heaters and helpful answers and advice from our water heater buying guide. Only from the Home Depot. How doers get more done.